Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping professionals and leaders amplify their voice, impact, and influence. Are you ready? Let's go. morning good morning or good afternoon <laughs> depending where you are in the world welcome to stand out from the crowd with your host Darin Benamara I'm very happy to be back for another live interview of a leader you know to talk about topics that matters to us and how we can increase and have increase our amplify our voice and have a greater impact and today a special standout guest actually She's all about it. She's all about leadership. She's all about supporting leaders in becoming a better version of themselves so they can have a greater impact on people. So without further ado, help me welcome our standout guest, Natalie Squoggle. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Hi, Doreen. How are you? Bye. I'm doing great. So just to confirm, Natalie Squoggle, am I pronouncing your name right? Uh, not quite. It's struggle, okay. actually. It's struggle. It's <laughs> yeah, struggle. Okay. But all good. good. All good. Yeah. No. So thank you so much, and thank you everyone who is watching, uh, joining us today. As usual, watching the live, the replay. Leave your comments. Leave your question. This is an opportunity for you to get insights from an expert, from a professional who can really uh, provide you great information. So, uh, Natalie. Uh, I invited you to be a guest on this show because I do admire the work that you do and the woman that you are. Happy Women's Day, even though it was yesterday. I think we can like celebrate Women's Month every day this day, this month. So let's do it. So uh, can you please introduce yourself to uh, our audience? All right. Thank you so much, uh, Darren, and happy woman, Women's Day to you too and all the lovely ladies out there. So uh, my name is Natalie Schrogel, and I come from uh, originally from Kenya, that is in Africa. Um, and But I live in Germany and I work in Germany as well. So um, what we basically do um, is um, I'm a founder of a leadership consultancy. And what we do is we really help leaders to understand how to put the human element at the heart of their strategy. So uh, it's basically uh, helping organizations create great products, helping organizations create uh, great uh, organizations while the human aspect does not get forgotten. So that is what we're all about. So how long have you been doing this? Well, um, we founded, that was a little bit over a year ago, but I have been in leadership and in corporate uh, Germany basically for over a decade. So I've been leading diverse teams for a very long time. And it's really all about, you know, taking all that experience and all the expertise that you garner over the years and you put it into, and you just take that knowledge and you um, address issues um, that really matter. So do you feel that now you have more work than ever before 
since the post we are in the post uh, uh, pandemic era and now we talk about putting people at the center of organizations at the center of decision making process when before it wasn't that much important right so do you think an increasing in work not because like the situation is completely different but because now people are aware of the necessity and you know uh, the sustainability of their business and practices to put humans to put people at the center of everything that they do absolutely absolutely and what we are seeing is um we're getting definitely a lot of work and what i'm really noticing is the sensibility around the whole topic of ultimately human first and then business objectives and you know you can actually see that in um when you look at the past two years we've had a very monumental two years right with the pandemic we've watched economies crash we've watched health health systems crash we've watched businesses crash right and at the moment we are watching we are having political shocks every single day when you switch on your tv it's like what is going on in the world right but yeah. across all these things we've seen over the years there's one factor that has always stood out and that is the humanity you know at the deepest at the thick when we went the thick of the pandemic you you could re- literally notice how people were moving closer you know to support each other and and also in the thick of the whole pandemic there was this huge digital transformation that happened so with the technological advancements you realize is that we were in people's living rooms. We were having meetings and people were in their bedrooms, they were in their private spaces in ways we saw people in ways that we never could have seen them before the pandemic, you know? And so it kind of humanized the workplace in a way, laying a foundation for us as leaders to be able to build rapport, to create those relationships which go beyond the business objectives in a way that we just could not have thought possible before the whole pandemic. So yes, the shift that has happened, the, the the technological advancements that have happened and what is happening in the world today, it is calling for solidarity and for people to really see each other for who they are before we even think about how can we leverage each other's intelligence skills and, you know, uh, and, and the expertise that we bring to the table. Yes, and that's very true. And you mentioned something very interesting here, and I would like to apply it to uh, leaders. So, you know, there was this, I feel sometimes there was this barrier between the leader and the team, right? Where the leader, he or she knows it all. He's a rock. Uh, She, like, she has answers to, uh, she has all the answers, you know, and sometimes there was this like not so good relationship with the leader right and then suddenly as you said you see people like in their living room in their bathroom in their like wherever they can find a quiet space right uh you see uh, your leader uh with the kids coming in the background and then you realize that oh you know so that creates that that connection because and i do believe that created that connection because working from home made people realize that we are humans and that like we live the same uh, challenges we go through the same challenges we live the same life either you are a leader or not when you work from home and that you are your kids like playing around the struggle is the same right so i think it had brought back this humanity and this connection but on the other side when you look at the studies you see that less and less people have trust in their leadership 
do, do you understand why this gap is, is, is currently uh, taking place, uh, where it's taking place, what's happening? Um, what I do believe from the work that we are doing is the disconnect comes up as a result of, um, you know, <clears throat> as a leader, you've actually said it very well, historically, we were supposed to have this very strong and robust facade, right? It was not supposed to show any fracture. So we are supposed to provide orientation, we are supposed to provide this safe haven and literally show no weakness. So, but then we find ourselves in a time, unprecedented times, where we ourselves, we are struggling, right? So mm -hmm. not only our people are struggling, but we are struggling. I mean, this year has been pretty tough for me. I've, I've been really struggling to keep my daughter in daycare because you get her in daycare two days and three days later she's home because somebody tested COVID positive. So these are some of the things that we're struggling with. And then um, your team or your people know that you don't have all the answers but you're still not able to stand as a leader and say, hey, you know what? This is new for me. This situation, I have not been here today. I've never been here before. And um, I'm not sure about the decisions that I'm making right now, but all I know is that I have a great team supporting me and together we're going to work towards, you know, uh, moving the resources where we need them to, to, to go. We're, we're working towards progressing our organization together. So when, People, you know, people smell bull crap a mile away, right? So when yeah. they notice that you are struggling and you can't really start in there and be honest with them, so how can I trust you? That's the thing. How can and I trust you? Me at, that, at that level. So there's a huge issue of trust. How do we as leaders put ourselves in a position where our teams trust us, that we can be vulnerable? And when I'm talking about vulnerability, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, sharing everything about your private life. It's really understanding how to leverage that, how to communicate transparently so that people know what you know and what you do not know. They understand the, the status quo, where you want to go and what you need to do so as to get there. So um, it is really understanding how to leverage that so that you can create these uh, relationships that you can lean into as a leader, even when you're struggling, when both sides are struggling. You all know you kind of have this empathy for each other and, and work towards a common goal. Exactly. And we have a question, actually, a very interesting question from our friend Sajit Kumar, who asked, how do you incorporate human first in the hiring process too, especially in a very dynamic talent scarce environment? Oh, that's a good question. Beautiful. That is a very beautiful question. Um, thing is, um, there, there are very many different ways that you can um, help your process to be a bit more human. Um, the first thing I normally talk to leaders about is literally to be aware about their own unconscious bias because most hiring processes, they are biased. That is just yes. a fact. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all about understanding the kind of organization that you have and the history that you've been having in your hiring process. Which kind of candidates are we closing out on? Who are we not letting through our doors? And to understand where are these biases eventually? And um, do we need to rethink our hiring process? Do we want to talk about blind, uh, you know, the blind hiring processes? Do we want to use um, um, applic uh, application forms where there are no photos? We don't know the uh, the ethnicity of the person who's applying, just the skills and all that. So 
So that is really somewhere where we have to look at the broken, uh, we have to look at the breaks in the hiring system and change them. And, and also, um, it's it's not it does not even start from the hiring thing. It's all about the whole employee life cycle, right? So when there's there's a break in the hiring process, there's always there are always cracks in the whole employee life cycle. So it's just basically doing an audit in your organization, a very honest one, right? Just you gotta go there where it hurts, and just exactly. And and you know, do you think that AI and we are talking about AI can put human first? and improve the hiring process. Ah, Darren, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> no, because you hear more and more companies, especially big companies who are now using AI and justify it as a way, you know, to uh, remove uh, unconscious bias because uh, AI is supposed to be neutral based on how you set it up, right? Uh, so do you think that finally AI could be the solution or could help improve the hiring process and put human at the center of of it it could be a good way it could be a good way towards solving the problem but that's not that does not give you the solution that you need 100%. I mean you said it yourself you just said it yourself depending on how it is used how it is applied right i mean there's a study i saw uh, recently or a little bit about three months ago um where there's a particular ai software that could not actually detect a black woman with braids you know with the african braids could absolutely not detect that i i think i need to send you that that uh that study i need to send it to you after this okay. and you know so how do we how do we use these AIs, how are we applying them in our systems? That's what really counts. And, and again, and again, when it comes to hiring, ah, you need that human touch, honestly. You can use the AI for a particular selection process, but when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm, I'm a great believer. I'm a great believer in that human, that personal touch. So I do. I am too. I am too, actually. And um and actually he's saying here ai itself has a huge bias i know experts who would disagree hence might add to additional biases to the hiring process yes because at the end of the day you find people behind the, the ai system right so <laughs> uh, and people like they create ai with their own set of biases so that's a complicated topic so now let's get back to uh, leadership and vulnerability you mentioned that and we are in a big, we have started the transition a couple of years ago where most of the people in leadership roles were baby boomers. Now those baby boomers are retiring, right? And so with them, uh, the, the, the leadership style uh, is retiring too. So it was a strong uh, leadership, leadership style, the know-it-all uh, style, uh, you know, like strong, not really putting people maybe at the center, but you know more about the position, the role itself. And now we see more and more millennials uh, getting into leadership roles with uh, different experiences, with uh, different needs, and with uh, different aspirations. And um, there is this book, actually, I don't know if you know this book, being, um, uh, where it is, here, here, Dare to Lead. Have you read this book? Dare yes, to Lead. Brown, yeah. Exactly. That's by a beautiful book. I love it. Book, right? love it. 
And it. actually, in his book, he talks about he talks about the armored leadership versus daring leadership, right? And you know, for him, the daring leadership is the greatest power. When you talk about daring leadership, he talks he talks about the the, the one of the greatest barriers that leaders face, actually, which is not fear. We talked about fear, but it's not fear, actually. It's the armor on how we protect ourselves when we are in fear, which is completely different because here there is the notion that perception, the way people perceive you as a strong leader versus a weak leader, it's all about it, right? And he says also that being a knower versus being a learner is what makes the difference. And being vulnerable is about being a learner, is about saying, yes, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. And you know, it actually it increases and it creates this curiosity, intellectual curiosity that you know can help improve your, your team's uh, productivity because that will uh, encourage them to be courteous and to find the answers with you when you are vulnerable. So is that something that you, you meet with your clients? Is that something that you see your clients struggling with when it comes to being the know-it-all leader versus being a, a, a daring leader, a leader that dare, who dares to say, hey, I don't know it, but I will figure it out. Is that something that you see your clients struggling with? Absolutely. And, and and to be very honest, Brene Brown, her work on vulnerability, that is really, I mean, anybody who really wants to dive deep into how to leverage that, that is the go-to person to really understand the core of, of, of how you can do that in your leadership. So to answer your question, yes. And where, where do a lot of leaders struggle with? Uh, I believe a lot of leaders struggle with this aspect uh, because they are not centered in their own leadership and their and themselves as a person, you know, because uh, it's something that I like to call the leadership anchor. This is basically where you build your whole leadership from. And that is the strongest place where you can lead from. Your leadership anchor is the point where how you can lead based on, you know, the your, um, your professional experience, based on your credentials, what you've studied and all that, and how you want to lead based on your values, who you are, you are non-negotiable and all that, where those things intersect, that is your leadership anchor. And that is the place where you can always lead from your greatest strength, right? So if that is not clear, you as a leader, it's going to be very difficult for you to stand in front of your team and tell them, hey, you know what, guys? I'm not quite sure about where we're going or I don't have the answer because of the fear that accepting that you, you're not very sure about the next steps or the next three steps of the process is taking away from your expertise because a lot of leaders fear when they show their vulnerable side, they will be less of a leader or the people are going to see them as, ah, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to trust Natalie and her leadership, right? So when you're anchored, when you're centered in your leadership, then you know that is a strength because the moment I show my team that I want to lean to, I want to lean to you, or I want to, I want you now to literally hold me up here, it makes you relatable, it makes you human. And it also builds rapport. It it creates relationships that really stand through it all, even when the when the chips are down. Exactly. And you know, something that I do with my teams every time I lead a new team, 
uh, one of the first thing I tell them is, listen, I'm here to uh, guide you, to motivate you, you know, to provide you the tools and the resources so we can together achieve our goals. Mm -hmm. But I don't know it all. That's something that I do. I have always done, actually. And but I, I share this with them not to position myself as a vulnerable uh, leader, but to encourage them to share their knowledge with me. Because I always tell them, listen, I don't know it all. You are probably more knowledgeable than, this, than me on this topic, or you are probably more knowledgeable than me on this. So if you feel like you can contribute, please do so. And so by encouraging your team members, you know, to share the expertise because I'm, I don't know it all, but they can contribute to help me become a better leader and to help the team uh, mm -hmm. uh, take better decisions, then it allows you to unleash, uh, to tap into the full potential of your, your, your team members and to allow them to unleash their potential and to express themselves. And I have seen incredible results with team members who were shy, who were not used to speak up, you know, to just like reveal themselves and be and become great contributors to uh, to the to the team. So there is definitely strength for you and for your team. It empowers your team. That's what I have found again when you just let them know that listen, we are all here to contribute in a different way, but that can all empower that can be very powerful and empowering. And that is you understanding that leadership does not happen in isolation. Absolutely, it does not happen in isolation. Leadership, it's about leaning into the power of the collective, but you need to set those relationships right. You need to create that environment where people feel safe enough to, you know, bring in their thoughts, to bring in the diverse uh, object, uh, ideas and their diverse thoughts to, to uh, solve a problem eventually. So uh, kudos to you for that. Um, Thank you. But as I said, I didn't even know that was something as being vulnerable. That's something I have discovered lately, but that's simply me. And as you said, when you know at your core who you are and what's the impact that you want to make and how you want to interact with people, basically, mm -hmm. you don't need all these concepts because it comes naturally, but it's not for everyone. Uh, uh, not everyone has the same experience. So now I know you have developed uh, a, a specific framework to help uh, leaders, you know, uh, become uh, more comfortable and have a greater impact in their work. So can you guide us through uh, the framework that you have created? Um, of course, definitely. Uh, the framework, it's called the armor of leadership and the armor builds up on six principles. So the first principle is authenticity and authenticity, that is really the beginning of everything. This is where we help you as a leader find your leadership anchor. That is where we really, you know, you position your leadership to give your leadership credibility, a recognition value and the authenticity that you need. And then from that, we move to resilience because, um, Today, one of the greatest skills that you can have as a leader is resilience. And we're not just talking about any kind of resilience. Resilience in a way that you're able to take your team with you, your people with you on this resilience journey to understand where are they in their journey, where am I, you know, to just kind of know how to leverage that um, based on what is happening in the world. With resilience, you are adaptable. When you're resilient, you can easily, uh, you know, you're open to learning, you're quick to to uh, turn, uh, to turn um, challenges into opportunities. And then the second principle is mastery. 
Mastery, this is basically mastery of the mindset. You know, mm. everything happens in the mind. So we help you uh, dig deep and understand which kind of a mindset do you need at where you are in your leadership. You know, are we talking about a growth mindset? What, what do you need to move to the next level? What do you need to get to where you want to go? And then we talk about the fourth principle, which is ownership. Because, and as I said earlier, leadership does not happen in isolation, right? So you want to build teams, you want to make sure that your people are taking ownership of the projects, they're taking ownership of the business objectives that you have. But that just does not happen on its own. You have to be able to, you know, to kind of drive that ownership in your organization. And I really like to, you know, when I'm working with organizations, I really like to um, kind of have this grassroots effect, you know, because most of the time when we start up, down, bottom up, most of the initiatives, they die out before they've even reached where they're supposed to go. So, you know, create that ownership in teams and kind of, you know, have that effect spreading out throughout the whole organization. And then the um, the fifth principle is you understand. And when we talk about understand, we talk about the different communication models. You know, we help you really learn to communicate effectively because as a leader, when you know what to say and how to say it and to whom you are saying it to, that can literally make or break your leadership. So, and you know, most of the teams today, they are diverse teams, right? So you, I mean, I sit in Munich, Germany. My team is international. I got, I got somebody who's working for me in Africa. I got somebody sitting in Sweden. So I got in Switzerland. So I, I do have a virtual team, right? So um, I need to understand how these cultures come together. I need to understand how to communicate to my team so that we can be able to, you know, uh, work together in accordance. So when we talk about understand, we really dive deep into communication, how to communicate cross-culturally, uh, across teams, across borders, if necessary. So basically, it's all about communication. And then we talk about the last principle that is R, and that is respect. So this is where the whole, it ties down the whole ribbon around everything. And this is where we dive deep yeah, we dive, uh, uh, dive deep into diversity, you know? Oh. So we want to respect people for who they are, where they come from, where they are in their journey and where they're going. So it's all about understanding what kind of diversity do I have in my team? Are we talking about generational diversity? Are we talking about cultural diversity? Are we talking about cognitive diversity? To really understand people at their core, that is the only way you can be able to um, lead people, you know, because leadership is all about influence and you can influence somebody when you really understand who these people are. And there's something that Simon Sinek always says that you understand people, then you understand your business if you don't understand your people you're not really understanding your business right so um yeah basically those are the six principles of the armor and um we work i mean the most of the work we do they, it really revolves around this um these six principles and so you mentioned diversity how do you see diversity today because you know i, I really see with diversity what used to be with gender equality in the workplace where a lot of people we talk about it a lot of organizations will talk about it, but then what they will implement or not actually don't really go into that direction. You don't see real impact. And sometimes you feel like the more people talk about it, the less impact you see actually happening in the workplace or not. So how mm -hmm. do you see diversity? Now diversity is a, is, 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 is a word that in every people's mouth, right? Everyone talks about diversity, diversity, diversity. But when you look at the data, you don't see that much change actually. 
right? So what, what's your, 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 your perception on diversity in the workplace? Well, I believe that we need to move beyond diversity because a lot of organizations, we just literally get stuck in defining. We literally get stuck in putting these initiatives together and figuring out, oh, we need a budget for this, we need to get this person, we need to define this, we need to do this. We get stuck there and we don't really get into the work that needs to be done. So I do believe we need to move beyond diversity and really understand that, um, Again, back to the grassroots effect, you know, most of the diversity initiatives, they die out before they start, right? Because you find that, um, you know, you're sitting with HR and, and C-suite and we're discussing what we want to do. But Natalie in printing has no idea what is being discussed up here, right? So yeah. if she was feeling uncomfortable because... Um, I managed to get into this organization, but there's no belonging in the organization. There's no inclusion in the organization and I'm literally leaving. So if I don't know that my C position or that my bosses and all that, they're working towards making changes that are going to directly affect me, I'm out the door, right? So we really need to move beyond. We need to move beyond just definition. We need It just needs to be beyond diversity. And, and it's all about really looking into, as I said, the whole employee life cycle. How are we hiring? How is our talent management? How is our, you know, exit uh, exit interviews, how we're holding them, you know, those six steps of the whole employee cycle, we really need to look at them. And also, uh, we also need to look at the diversity trainings that you get in organizations, because mm. most of the time, the, the, the messaging is quite negative, right? So it's all about, oh, you know what, um, there was this organization that lost such and such amount of money because of this lawsuit and all that. So it is quite negative, the communication and, and, and yeah. you know, people don't really jump into that. So we want to make sure that people are getting into these initiatives because they believe that they can impact something. They believe they see the power in diversity and they want to really be there and push this change, right? We also want to make sure that the ERGs are working. You know, we are really having ERGs, ERGs that are um impacting you know not just to have an erg to have an erg but to make sure that they are representing the people who are in the organization and we're not just creating exclusive clubs for a, a, you know a particular type of people so, type of people yeah exactly so i would just say moving beyond diversity yeah. we need to and you need to believe in it first like it's not about doing it it's about believing it and uh, here we have a comment the last two years has seen a huge a dip in diversity hires COVID has pulled us back by more than four or five years. And it's it's actually the same when it comes to gender equality. So people, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, I like to say uh, for people like uh, with a business like Natalie or mine, uh, we won't be out of business uh, <laughs> for the longest time. Unfortunately, I want to say because we're working hard for that. Uh, but that's that's the way it is. So we are reaching the 30 minutes mark. Uh, is there like one last word that you would like to uh, share with us before we wrap up? 
Uh, yes, um, and that is just the point. You know, the whole thing about being vulnerable as a leader, um, one thing that I would really like to give our audience is um, make sure you have allies as a leader. And what do I mean by that? These are either your, This is either your mentor, your coach, or a strong support system. These are people who are going to cheer you. These are people who are going to support you, people that you lean to when you're struggling. I mean, this year, if I didn't have a strong support system, Darren, I have no idea where I was going to be, honestly. It was a tough year. And it's been a tough two months, yeah, two and a half months, basically. And um, and then these same people are the same people who are going to ask you the tough questions. These are the same people are going to hold you accountable. These are the same people who are going to keep you on that track. So you really want to make sure that you have a strong support system that holds you up. Yes, exactly. Success is not a solo endeavor. I say it all the time. Like you need to build a strong support system uh, to help you to help elevate yourself because this is how you make it happen so natalie thank you so much for the people who want to learn more about your work how can where can they find you how can they contact you uh, you can contact me you can uh, feel free to you know connect with me here on linkedin or feel free to check out our website that is www.interface-leadership.com and um let's drop an email um i'm, I'm, I'm here <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, everyone, for uh, watching this live conversation today. I saw many of you were live, not very uh, uh, talkative, but that's okay. That's okay. We started a little bit later today, so maybe you went back to work. But thank you so much. And thank you, our friend Sajid, for all your questions and comments. It's well appreciated. And I will see you next week, Wednesday, same time for a new uh, live uh, interview. Uh, of stand up from the crowd. Thank you, everyone. You take care and stay safe. Bye bye. Bye.